0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My, 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 my. My cup runneth over. Let's love him one more time. Let's just love him. So grateful. So thankful. So wonderful so glorious so glorious Uh, hallelujah Jesus praise God well what a time we have had and um, brother brother Chris said it so well he said great time But it was the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. The Word of God. Tremendous. 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 One last time, I want to give um, incredible thanks to Brother Chris, and actually both Brother Chris and Sister Flower for coordinating this and helping it. I don't want to belabor this, but I do want to say that we actually had intended to do what we did this year, actually several years ago, and more specifically even last year. But this, this is our first annual all-family Cornerstone Camp Meeting, and uh, it's, been, it's been top shelf, the best, the best, the best. The best. And I also want to thank uh, the Marks family, all of them. It's been a treat to have all of them here. All of them. Praise God. And if the Lord should tarry, I hope they're going to come back and be with us in a couple years. In Jesus' name. Yes. Yes. services like last night and I'm saying this for a reason because they come around every once in a while and when, they, when it happens you need to say I'm getting, on, I'm getting on board I'm getting on this train I'm getting on it and I personally saw I personally, I personally witnessed many many get the victory get the victory get the victory we thank god for it brother Cody Marks incredible love this man of god would you put your hands together under the lord in thanks for the man of god let's thank the lord
1: again Come on, let's worship him. Praise God. My, my. Aren't you thankful for how invested that the Lord is in us individually? I want you to think about that. Say that again, aren't you thankful for how invested the Lord is in us individually? Hallelujah. Um, I know you've wondered, and I promise you, times ten, I have wondered, where do you go from last night? Um. That's one of those game winning shots where you walk off and you hand somebody your shoes and you just retire. Praise God. And um, I I, um, apologize. Um, Ten years ago, I would have stayed in the middle of that Holy Ghost powwow or whatever that was. I'm not sure what that was. I'm not sure. but I'm, I'm still really young, but I got high miles on this on this vehicle. I'm already running synthetic oil, if you can believe that or not. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for um, responding and um, to um, try to take it any higher would be anticlimactic. And so I'm going to give you a charge today. I'm going to give you a charge. Man needs a mandate. He does. Man works better with a mandate. and I, the Lord dropped a little something in my spirit that I think could just put the, we'll just put the cherry on top today and we'll go get some lunch. praise God. I wonder if together, one more time, I-, I think I think we should raise our hands and thank the Lord for meeting us on this mountain this week. In Jesus name. Before I let you be seated, I'll give you some insight to where we're headed. The first night, we addressed brokenness to what I thought was a minority, and then it turned out where there was a whole lot more brokenness than I realized. And Then last night, the Holy Ghost ministered to us as, as a body, as a church. Individually, yes, but as a body, I feel like God I feel like there was a redemptive lift for Cornerstone Church last night as a whole, okay? And so tonight or this afternoon, this morning whatever it is, I'm all mixed up folks I don't know if I'm coming or going I am going to give you a charge, but I stand in defense of many, many people that are not able to be on this hill tonight or today. And with that, you can be seated. I believe that when I come to Spokane, every meeting, without question, every time I'm with the males, every time that I get around this part of the body of Christ, I feel, I feel like that I, am, I have joined myself to the inner circle um i'm not here theologically to argue or debate this with you today um I'm right, and you're not going to change my mind. um God does play favorites He does um He doesn't mean to um i I believe that he gives everybody a chance. Many are called. There, there you go. Uh, there's been a metamorphosis in my mind in the last. I think it's been about 18 months in regards to that verse. Many are called, but few are chosen. I feel very strong. I've looked at that my entire life as if there are many called, and then God hand picks or hand selects a few chosen. I don't, I don't think that's the way it works. I think it's choices that we make personally that differentiate those that are called and those that are chosen. I am not standing before a crowd today. I'm standing before church. When I preach to this assembly um, cornerstone, I am not speaking to an audience. This is an army. This you—you you are a part of God's inner circle. Amen. Even the three and a half years that Jesus lived and walked the face of the earth, he had an inner circle. The Bible says, and I'll quickly get to where I'm headed today that after six days, that Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. And the Bible says that he brought them. Now, I I didn't think all this through. I'm not good with, um, we're going to bring you in on Mother's Day, preach a Mother's Day message. Um, I'm not good at all of that. So it's just a coincidence or irony that this kind of fits, but he he takes these three, and the Bible says in Matthew chapter 17 that he bringeth them into a high mountain apart. And it's in Matthew chapter 17 that we read of the transfiguration. There on top of that mountain, Jesus separated with his inner circle. The Bible says that he transfigured before them. His face did shine as the sun and his raiment was white as the light. And the Bible says that behold there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him now you may not have defined it as such but last night in this place um was a time of transfiguration um the the night before last this meeting has been a time of a time of transfiguration god has taken us as a church and he has Separated, he has brought us up to a place geographically and spiritually. He brought us on top of a mountain, he separated us from the cares of life, from the pressures of life. He brought us away to an escape. And there has been this, folks, has been a time of transfiguration. I believe what we have felt here the last two days is probably what it felt like on top of that mountain as as Peter, James, and John, and Jesus talked and communed with Moses and Elijah. I laid in bed last night, and some of my last thoughts before I drifted off to sleep, uh, point of correction, I laid on the couch. My daughter took the bed. I laid there on the couch thinking about if we could have only seen in the spirit what was going on in this place last night if we could only see. I would not doubt, and, and I this is not hyperbole in the least, I would not doubt um, that this place was crammed full of angelic beings. The Bible says that they desire to look into this. A transfiguration is, it's a time of change. It's a shifting. It's a metamorphosis of sorts. It's, it's uh, a transfiguration. Is, it, it's, it's outside. It's an epiphany in, in some ways. It's, it's outside of the normal. It's, it's something that doesn't happen all the time. I'm thankful that we've been able to experience what we've been able to experience here the last couple of days. Aren't you thankful? Do you feel changed? Come on, somebody talk to me. Do you feel like God has touched you? Do you feel like the heart strings, come on, that the Spirit has plucked them in such a way. Come on, anybody feel, anybody feel like that something great has happened in your mind? I want to know, has God touched anybody in your mind? <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I lay there thinking about the service last night, and I feel like that, what happened was, is, and this doesn't happen every service, but I, I just want to speak into your spirit what I feel like some of you are going home, the spirit having addressed it. The anointing was upon me and was upon this meeting. And, and there is a phrase there. You know, Jesus, the first text that he chose to take in church was he grabbed the scroll of Isaiah and he rose it out. When he rolls out that scroll, I'm sure he didn't have to read it. I'm sure he quoted it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And there's so many points of that that are so applicable that we always address. But here's what I felt was going on or has gone on in this meeting. The Bible talks about him touching when the anointing was on him that he he touched the bruised. He set at liberty those that were bruised. A bruise is from some kind of blunt force. But a bruise is internal. And I I feel like the Spirit has put its finger on some situations where people in this house, come on, things from the outside hit you in such a way that it left you with internal bruising. But I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost that's moved in this building and has set the captive free. Come on, don't make me go back to it. There's still some preach on it. Anybody feel like you got the chains off of your feet and your hands? Anybody feel like you're unshackled? I'm not bound by that bruising anymore. Come on, I'm not bound by that bruising anymore. I might be bruised, but I'm not bound. Come on. And then, in this in this moment of metamorphosis, this time of transfiguration, something happens. A fifteen hundred year prayer is answered. <laughs> I wish we could. I wish we could live here fifteen hundred years before Moses had. Ask God to see his face. <laughs> and God wouldn't let Moses see his face. 1,500 years later, God said, hey, come here, Peter, James, and John, we're going to go up the top of this mountain, and I'm going to answer a 1,500-year prayer. The Bible says that Moses... And Isaiah, Moses, and Elijah, rather, were there, and they were conversing with Jesus and these three disciples, and Moses finally gets to see the face of God. That's the kind of stuff that's happened in this meeting. And I believe, I believe as the next few weeks and months unfolds, you're going to realize, hey, I'm healed. I, I, I'm not trying to sound weird or poetic, but I, I think if you'd step outside and pay attention, I think the, the leaves on the trees are just a little bit greener for somebody after this meeting. There's, there's just... Because you've lived in a glaze, everything has been glazed over. But here's where we're at, and I'm coming to a close. But as great and terrific as transfiguration is, there's trouble with a the transfiguration. There's trouble with a transfiguration. The trouble with these kind of times is the Simon spirit, Simon Peter spirit that says, hey, we ought to just throw up some tents here and just stay. The trouble with these times, I hate to be my word, why God always uses me to break the bad news. As terrific as this time has been, this is not where life is. There are no vineyards on mountaintops. Vineyards don't grow on mountaintops, they grow in the valley. Life as much as I enjoy moments of metamorphosis and times of transfiguration, these ladies and gentlemen, this is not where life is spent. Life is spent in the journey between the times of transfiguration. And the trouble with humanity is there's something in all of us. Come on, we'd like to just live here. We'd just like to linger here. Let's, let's just pitch a few tents. Come on, let's just live. Let's live in the metamorphosis of this moment. Let's live, come on, in the euphoria of, the, of this moment. It cannot be done. You can't do it. I told you God ministered. God ministered to the broken and God ministered to this church. But now I must speak in defense of those that are down from this mountain. The Bible says that God or that Jesus, God in flesh, would not allow Simon Peter. We can't do that. You've missed, you've missed the point. This has been a marvelous moment, but the world is down the hill. Our job is down the hill. Our calling is down the hill. Thank God for the ministry of metamorphosis. But there is a world down from this hill. The trouble, the trouble with the transfiguration is let's just stay here. Let's just live here. No, God has healed us for us to go back into the harvest field. God has strengthened us for us to go back into the vineyard. God has lifted our head hallelujah I gotta break the news for you God there is a reason he lifts there's a reason that he lifts your head he has lifted our head the last couple of days but he hasn't just lifted your head for you to see better quality of life for yourself down the road God has lifted our head in this meeting to see a harvest that is white and ready come on God needs a laborer Hallelujah! and the Bible says come on the trouble with the transfiguration come on is the Simon spirit the Simon the Simon Peter spirit that says let's just stay here but the Bible says that when they came down from the mountain listen to me right now this is what we're going home to there was a lady down at the bottom of that mountain who had a child who was throwing itself in the fire listen as you make your way home enjoy this day but as you drive back in to spokane valley as you drive back in to liberty lake i want to remind you there is a generation that's throwing itself in the fire let us remember as we come off of this mountain that we have a job to do we have a mission we have a mission to accomplish we have a calling to fulfill hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, go home and win a soul. You want to get rid of depression? Go home and win a soul. You want to go home and drive depression out of your marriage? Go win a soul. You want to go home and find joy and happiness? Get involved with babies. Get involved with the discipleship. He strengthens us. He lifts our head. Not for us to feel inclined to stay here. But to go back down this mountain. And go back to business. Somebody needs you. I know you came up the mountain, mountain needing a touch from God, and that's fine. But as you go down, back down the other side of this mountain, you go down with the knowledge that you're somebody's miracle. Somebody's waiting on you. There is a generation that's throwing itself in the fire. God spoke to my wife. I didn't ask for permission to use this, but I found her in, in a in a somber place of prayer last night, out of this after this service, and there were people, Brother Kazandi, that God brought back to her mind, that somehow they didn't face the fire, the way that the Spirit inspired or instructed us to face the fire she began to think about people that somehow seemingly were charred and burned down in those fires that they faced how they held strong for a period of time but they quit walking and now they are bound and they are they are being burned in the fire and as she began to think of these people the spirit quickened into her mind that scripture saving some come on I believe it was in the book of Jude by pulling them out of the fire by by pulling them out of the fire. You're not hearing me yet. By pulling them out of the fire. Come on. I know you're going to leave this hill geographically, but don't leave your spirit here. You take your spirit down with you and you make up in your mind, I'm going to find somebody to pull out of the fire. I'm going to find somebody to pull out of the fire. Closing, if you'll come to the piano. Life is not on the mountain. As much as we'd like to just live here, there's people down from this mountain that are depending on us, that are waiting on us. I don't know if it has to do with age or what, but no, I, know, I do know what it, I do know, I do. Just, it just dawned on me, why? I heard Brother Booker make a statement. Do you, do you love Larry Booker? Oh, God, I love Larry Booker. I just, oh, he's so Christian sometimes he frustrates me. I know better than to call him when I want somebody to get mad with me, because he's not going to do it. Now, now when he says now and he stretches it out now, now life's a trip. But he made a statement, and when he and I hang on every word that he says. But he made a statement. He said, "If I could only have two books, you hear him say this: two books out of the sixty-six. If they would only give me two books." He said it, I promise. He's weird, but he's got something on the ball. He said, Job and Song of Solomon. Maybe he said three. Maybe he threw in Psalms. I don't know, but I know those two books were included. That's when it started, and I thought, Song of Solomon. (laughs) Maybe him and Brenda's more romantic than what I thought they were. Praise God. stories. We won't go there. Hallelujah. My wife, I'll just let her enjoy it. Praise God. So that's what it was. So I, I picked it up and I thought, now, my this is just the way I feel. I feel like Larry Booker's the greatest Christian. Yeah, one of the greatest Christians in our lifetime. And so I'm, I start going back. I miss something somewhere. I mean, I like First and Second Samuel, and and I, and even I, when I heard him say it, I, he, I mean, he wrote those books on David, and I know what how he feels about First and Second Samuel, I'm like solomon, solomon. So I I took some time and I was spending some time with the book, and I'm not all the way there yet, but I'm I get him, I, I'm I'm starting to catch his drift. But I'd like to leave you with something. He comes to the door. And there's so many types and shadows, and so that's the key to understanding a lot of this. The bride, groom comes to the door. And he is beckoning. He is trying to woo her. The... The bride, he is trying to woo her out of her isolation. Out, the Bible says that she was in bed, and in my mind, the way I see this, it's a type of complacency, and he is trying to compel her to come out and be with him. It just just breaks my heart. He still hasn't changed. God is still trying to get people just to be with him. You ever wonder why he just took Enoch? He looked for somebody to walk with him for so long that when he finally found somebody that would, he said... Sorry, y'all. He's coming with me. Friendship was the only thing that God couldn't give himself. He he just, he can't give himself fellowship. That was the reason he created man. And, And that God... It breaks my heart when I read the the letters to the seven churches in Asia that he would have to stand outside the door and knock on the door of his own church. I'm sorry, Lord. I I mean that. I I apologize that in so many ways we've missed the point. And she messes around. I've seen this. She, she is so, she's tucked in and comfortable And the lights or the, the, the flame has been blown out. And she's, she, 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 she's just, she, she does not feel the urgency that she should feel to respond to this knocking. And when she finally gets her business together and gets up and gets to the door, all that's left there, all that remains is the fragrance. She can't see him. All she can do is smell him. And, and her heart must have fallen into her feet. Just, just, I mean, it would have, been, in my estimation, it would have been better off for there to be, it would have been easier for him just to be gone. To be able to know he was there and sense that he was there but he was no longer there. The, the pungent sting. But just him being God like he is. and This is what I leave you with. He sent word back and I'm paraphrasing. But he sent word back and let it be known. If you really want to find me, <laughs> you'll find me in the field with the flocks.
0: <clears throat>
1: Jesus said when you, when, when they were hungry and you didn't feed them that you did that to me the closest that we're going to get to handling him on this side is when we're handling the harvest and i've heard a lot of powerful powerful prophecies and tongues and interpretations in my life but i guess the one that was most memorable I don't remember everything that came in the interpretation, but I remember the last. And the last part of that tongues and interpretation, God was speaking to us. If you wonder where I'm at, if you're looking for me, and I remember the authoritative thunder. The last phrase of that interpretation was poised in a question. Will you? Meet me in the field. And my mandate, my commission to this cornerstone first annual camp meeting is Jesus is no longer on this mountain. He's headed down to a generation that's throwing itself in the fire. If you're trying to find him I want to try to articulate hopefully with a great anointing right now where you'll always find him you'll find him in the field you'll find him in the hurting face of someone you want to feel again You're numb, you want to feel again, I'll tell you where you'll find him. You'll find him as you begin to minister to the needs of other people. The trouble. I'm preaching to you this morning about the trouble with the transfiguration. We can't stay here. He's already gone. Simon, Peter, I know it would be nice to just throw up a tent and live here, but. We can't reach the generation that throws itself in the fire living here. I say we leave. I say we get in our cars. Enjoy the rest of your day. I don't fly out to Tuesday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just I'm gonna soak up every last drop. I love my time with my family and with the Mayos. But as you go off of this hill and you move, what is it, Southwest? South, as you move south back into your cities and your places of business, be mindful. You're going back into the field. Find somebody and pull pull them out. Would you stand? We don't have a whole lot of room here, but I think the key is that you that you move. So I want you to come as close as possible. We'll kind of just spill over into here, into the aisle. I want it tight. It's, everybody had showers this morning. It's not late enough for people to be stinking yet. Don't worry about being close. Is this okay, Brother Mayo? All right. No fear, Jordan. Keyboard players are scared to death of what I'm going to throw at them next. I remember, how many have been around the church long enough to remember that old song, Lord, lay some soul upon my heart? You Remember that old song? The part I love about that old chorus is the next line, and Lord, love that soul through me. And may I ever do my part to win that soul thank you Lord for lifting our heads thank you for the reminder of why you lifted our heads and may we see the harvest sister Mayo is one of my favorite singers I don't know hopefully oh there she is Put a mic on her. Let her sing it. Close your eyes. I don't, I'm not looking for some great demonstration. You don't have to. I just want you to be still. Just close your eyes. Sing it. Oh! Sing it, it's an easy song. Lord, Lord, lay some soul
0: upon my heart and love that soul
1: through me. Come on, sing it out, it's easy. And may I ever. Sing it again. Come on, that's beautiful. Come on. Lord, Lord, lay lay some soul upon my heart heart and and love love that soul soul through thee and may I That soul. Mm. Would you sing it one more time? Come on, sing it out. Lay some soul upon my heart. And love. And love. That soul. Come on, we're in the soul business. We're in the people business. come on pastors coming to close this we'll meet you in the field we'll meet you in the field come on tell him we're coming off of this mountain spiritually and geographically to meet you in the field we're going to meet you in the field we're not going to leave you in the field by yourself we're on our way came to this meeting wanting direction I'm telling you don't leave disappointed what the Lord has just spoken to you in the last 35-40 minutes is as specific there is nothing that will dissolve, diffuse scatter this stuff that is just trying to tear you from limb to limb Than getting engaged in the kingdom. Brother May, I hope it's all right to say this, but I I just feel like there's some good people in your church that for whatever reason you've backed off. You just you didn't make a you didn't make a great announcement, but you just you've kind of taken a spiritual sabbatical. You need a mandate. The Holy Ghost has given you a mandate today.